0: You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au Let's get excited about church gathering together. I'm one of the, my name's Nate. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you're visiting with us this morning, we actually have a gift that we would like to give you straight up this morning. We want to say thank you for being with us. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, and and being with our community, being with our family. So if you are visiting, can you give us a little wave just so we can get that present, get that gift to you? Fantastic, we're visiting down the front. Awesome. I can see one up the back. Someone's getting dobbed in. That's my favourite. That's my favourite right there. Someone's getting dobbed in up the back. Let's put a a gift in there here. Thanks for being with us this morning. It's so great to have you. we're going, to, we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning, if that's all right. I think uh, from time to time, uh, you know, Pastor Keith encourages um, uh, the pastoral team to, to, to never get stuck in, in just doing church the way we do church, uh, which is against the definition of church, but not doing a service the way we do a service. Um, and, and so this morning on Pentecost Sunday, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. We want to give a little bit more space uh, for the Holy Spirit and what He would like to do here this morning. Uh, We want to create multiple opportunities for people to have encounters with God. We believe that God uh, is real, that His Holy Spirit is real, that His Holy Spirit is here right now and that He can do what we can't do. That if we have areas in our lives that are broken, if we have areas in our lives where where we have an anxiety or fear or areas in our life where, where we are not experiencing the full expression of the freedom that, we, that was promised to us in the Word of God, we believe that the Holy Spirit can bring about transformation and change where, where, just, where just words or just actions, they can't. The Holy Spirit has a power to do something that we alone as human beings can't do in our own strength. And so this morning, uh, we're going to give Him the space to do that and uh, I'm going to ask of one thing. I'm going to ask of one thing this morning. That you would prepare yourself. So one thing I can't do for you. There's lots of things I can't do. By that, in the context of right now, I cannot choose for you to engage in what God wants to do in your life. I cannot choose to position my heart and be open to God this morning for you. I can't choose to allow that area of pain, that area of hurt to to be exposed one more time to God in the hope that this morning He will bring transformation into that place. I cannot do that for you. That's a choice that only you can make this morning. And my prayer for you is that you would make a decision right now that you're going to be engaged with what God wants to do in your life, believing that this morning is going to be a morning of power, that this morning is going to be a, a, a morning where life uh, begins to flow in those areas where there's been death or pain or all those areas in your life that you know, week to week, bring you down, stop you in your tracks, cause doubt, cause fear. Those areas that God wants to bring faith and life and hope into this morning. So I'm gonna pray, church. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for myself. I'm gonna pray that God would have his way. So we bow our heads together as as a family, believing this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that when you wanna move this morning, I pray nothing would stand in your way. I pray for every person that's gathered here this morning. I pray for an encounter with you that is tangible and real and transformational. I pray that they would leave this place knowing that they have met with the Holy Spirit of God, that they would leave this place glorifying the name of Jesus for what He has done in their life this morning. God, I pray you begin to stir a faith in every heart. Lord, believing that this morning can be a morning where God brings breakthrough in their life, brings healing in their body brings deliverance in their soul god in jesus name in jesus name and everybody said amen amen but why don't you give someone a high five next to you and um just uh you can grab a seat but i'm not i'm not convinced we're going to be sitting down for long so maybe don't get comfy just do like a a leg rest and, and be ready to go so the way this morning is going to work i got a couple of scriptures i 'm going to unpack really briefly um, that I believe are going to lead into a, a opportunity for encounter uh, i 'm going to highlight just a couple of things in a couple of places um, to, to build faith to bring truth to bring revelation, uh, and then i 'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to god so um, if if you are thinking that you're about to get comfy and sit in for one and 45 minute messages, uh, it's not going to be like that this morning. Uh, so please stay on the, the edge of your seat. Stay stay front footed, sitting down in case you feel the Holy Spirit go. Hey, this this one's for you, and I want you to respond this morning. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna actually kick off this morning in Acts chapter four, verse thirteen, and you know this this particular verse in Acts is is one of my personal favorite verses in in Scripture. Some context around it, you've got Peter and John, they've gone to the synagogue, they've got got the man begging at the gate beautiful, and, 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 and they say, you know what, silver and gold have we none, but what we do have, give to you, rise up and walk. It's a miraculous encounter which which causes them to be brought before the Sanhedrin um, and and basically said, hey, explain yourself. Explain what's going on here. Um, And and their response is to basically, Peter um, outlines the gospel um, in a way that is incredible, and if, 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 if he was here today, I'm sure that towards the end of verse 12, where he says, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. That right there is scripture's mic drop moment. That's like, I'm, I'm out. Peter's like, boom, that's it. It's Jesus. And this is where we arrive. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. There's a difference between what people see and what people recognize in you. People can see you as something, but recognize something totally different. And I love this scripture because this scripture is what I wanna be. I'm an ordinary man with, with really no special training but I want people to know I've been with Jesus. I want to, when I'm walking down the street, I want people to know, to recognize that there's a difference. They might see me as, as an ordinary person walking down the street, but there's something about me that is different. Now, we can take this idea of recognize two different ways. Chances are people on that council actually tangibly, physically uh, did recognize Peter and John because they were there uh, during the trial of Jesus. And so there probably was some sort of physical recognition that, oh, I'm pretty sure those guys were there. All right. But there's a second element to the recognition, and it's related to the boldness. It's related to the fact that, oh, oh, these guys are speaking with that same boldness and that same authority. They're recognizing boldness and authority. They're recognizing a change in their very approach to this situation. And, you know, we don't get the opportunity to, to tangibly have walked planet Earth with, with, with Jesus uh, around Galilee. So, so people can't recognize us as having been with Him back then. But, but the reason that we still have Scripture like this is because there's still a recognition of Jesus that people can have, of our life, that we are walking with Him day in and day out, that that there is something different about our approach to life, that we have a life, that we have a peace, that we have a boldness, we have an authority, that that there's something different to to how other people operate in their workplace or how other people operate in their marriage or how other people operate in the day-to-day when the trials and the tests come. There is something different because we have been with Jesus. But the reality is that, you know, Peter almost missed this completely. We almost didn't have Acts 4.13. We almost didn't have Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to take three moments this morning to go back and look at what I believe are three really critical times in Peter's life, his journey, his walk with Jesus, that ensured that we arrived at Acts 4.13, that made sure that we arrived at the point where Peter, without tangible Jesus, was able to stand there, and people were still able to recognize Jesus in him. And the first one, it's actually all the way back at the start for Peter. And so we're going we're to jump into Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. And interestingly enough, a bit of background, Mark's gospel, scholars, um, some scholars would say that's written by a guy called John Mark. John Mark actually spent a lot of time with Peter, and so, so there'd be scholars who would say that actually the, the gospel of Mark can be considered heavily influenced by Peter. Or you could almost say it's Peter's account, although I wouldn't want to cross too many lines in, in that, but, but certainly influenced. And other than the calling of Peter, the first thing. You can say, what's the first thing you remember about Jesus, your life? What's the first thing you remember about Jesus doing in your life? If we, if we were to ask that question of Peter, we might get a little bit of insight looking in Mark 1. Because Mark 1 says in, 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 in verse 29, after Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they went to Simon, Simon Peter, uh, and Andrew's home. James and John were with them. Simon's mother-in-law, Simon is Peter. Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever, and they told Jesus about her right away. And he went to her bedside, and as he took her by the hand and helped her to sit up, the fever suddenly left, and she got up and prepared a meal for them. That evening at sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus, and a huge crowd of people from all over Capernaum gathered outside the door. What door? The door of Peter's home, the door of his house, to watch. The first thing that we kind of, first insight we get of Peter And his walk with God, the first thing he remembers is where Jesus got right up inside his house and healed his mother-in-law. Some of you aren't praying those prayers, but that's all right. We'll pray for you. Jesus, do what you can with my mother-in-law. I don't have to worry about those, right? After what Ray shared last week. Um, That's a joke. It's okay. You can laugh at it. It's all right. (laughs) But the level of intimacy of, of Jesus coming into Peter's home, I just wonder how far you've let Jesus in. How far has he come into your house? Has he seen your messy kitchen? Has he seen the kids' playroom? Has he seen that part in your heart that's still all messed up? From when you were a teenager and had to go through that stuff. Have you let him all the way into the home of your heart? Because what, what I believe is Peter's first clear recollection of Jesus doing something in his world is where, is where Jesus, his power and his authority became real to Peter right up, right up in his space, right up in his house. Not in the synagogue, but right up where it was personal. For the healing power right into his home. Spirit, Holy Spirit, come on! If you, um, I know it's difficult. Uh, if 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 it's to do with blood, but I know where's Jim? We had we had some testimony? Uh, pain, Jim, absolute pain. Leaving, uh, couldn't couldn't walk without pain. But uh, began walking, no pain. Uh, I tell you, God is doing uh, some some real tangible miraculous things in this place this morning and uh, I'm unbelieving there's a number of people right there to do with blood unbelieving testimony to come back in uh, if, you, if you need to go and, and get some sort of uh, a, a scan or whatever it is uh, please if you do that and there's been a miracle let us know uh, so that we can give God glory for what he's doing uh, and what he's done and his healing power uh, it's incredible thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. So so Peter has this incredible real personal encounter just gets all up inside of his house and brings healing and I believe from that point on it was it was undeniably real for Peter it, it Moments earlier, it's like, come follow me. It's like, yeah, this is good, this is cool, I'm in. And I've seen him do some crazy stuff. And and sometimes we can we can look in on on Jesus. We can look in on a relationship with Jesus. We can look in on other people's relationship with Jesus. Um, uh, but but if we were really honest with ourselves, uh, we look at them. We're like, wow, it seems real to them. It seems conceptual to me. It seems like a concept. It seems like something that that I'm just, I'm just doing and following because maybe I always have, or maybe because I, I just should. And I believe when, when something like, like a healing miracle takes place in your life, or, or when Jesus comes right up in your personal stuff and begins to bring healing and begins to bring transformation, it becomes undeniably real. And from that point, we see Peter is in. Often to his own detriment, he's in, right? He's in both feet, he's in all boldness, He is 100% in. He is convinced that this is is the purpose that he has been placed on planet earth to be a part of. He is in. And then Jesus dies. The, The thing Peter was utterly convinced about disappears in front of his eyes. We arrive at John, uh, who records this. <laughs> it's a little bit of Bible comedy going on there, right? But Peter and John are hanging out, and they're like kind of besties. And uh, Peter's gospel doesn't talk anything, uh, well, not that it's his, but the gospel of Mark, right, the one that's possibly influenced by, him, it doesn't, doesn't say anything about the little breakdown that Peter had uh, after Jesus died on the cross. It doesn't talk anything about the fact that, that Peter totally um, got disillusioned with the entire thing that he'd given his life to, that, that in a moment of complete and utter discouragement and confusion that he walked away completely and went back to the life he was living before he ever met Jesus. But Mark's gospel doesn't mention that. John's gospel does though, (laughs) right? Nothing like your best friend, just to remind all of humanity that that you had a bit of a moment at one point in your life. And uh, I love that, right? I love that sometimes we need friends to remind us, you know, sometimes it's hilarious, sometimes it's not. But God really put on my heart this morning that Maybe not in your relationship with God, but maybe in another area of your life. You thought you'd found the thing God had put you on this planet to do. You thought, this is it, I'm in. Maybe it was a business, and you're a few years in, and it's not looking like what you expected. Yeah, imagine Peter in that moment where Jesus has died and he's buried. I bet you he felt like he was to blame bet you he felt like, now if I'd have just said something at the fire, maybe this would all be different. So you've got a man totally confused at life, totally disillusioned with his purpose, totally disillusioned with what he thought was, was it, he thought he'd found it, totally disillusioned, totally discouraged probably carrying an incredible amount of guilt and shame about the stuff up that he feels probably added to or led to, I might be taking scripture a bit far but let's make it personal, how would I feel how would I feel and so maybe you're here this morning, maybe it's a marriage you dived into it with all these expectations and you're, 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 you're 10 years in you're 15 years in and I tell you it's like, it's like you're like man marriage is not what I expected business is not what I expected maybe you're here this morning and it is it is your relationship with God maybe you're like started off by believing it was all I I found it but somewhere along the line it's just become I don't even know what this is anymore I don't even know what this is anymore you know we the beautiful thing about John is that he doesn't just record his best mates kind of stuff up Sometimes we need to record our stuff up so that we can record God's restoration. Sometimes we need to talk about what we did wrong so that we can show how good God is in coming in and transforming that area in our lives and bringing restoration because I believe it's in transformation that God gets the most glory. John 21. John 21. We arrive at the beach scene, if you will. A little sunrise beach breakfast. A great Valentine's idea if you're looking for one. There's this little personal encounter between Peter and Jesus where Jesus is pre-preparing breakfast. Isn't it interesting? Jesus has pre-prepared this encounter before Peter even realized he was gonna be walking into it. Jesus has pre-prepared your point of restoration before you even knew you were going to arrive at it. Jesus, Jesus, this morning, His Holy Spirit has pre prepared some restoration for this morning for some people. You didn't realize this morning was going to be your morning. You didn't realize that this morning was going to be your morning, where God was going to come and have a little personal moment with you to restore that thing in your life that you've become disillusioned about, that you've become discouraged over, that you're carrying some shame or some guilt about. This morning, the Holy Spirit came in here way before we did, and He's preparing a little breakfast, a little fish and chips, a little kippers on the beach right now for you because he wants, to, he wants to bring it back to where it all began. He asks, he asks Peter three times and, and there's so much revelation that we can unpack out of this but this morning it's about the fact that do you love me? You see, our, our walk with God has to be about our love for Him and nothing else first and foremost. As soon as we trip over and we get in front of that and we get into our relationship with God being about what we can do for him or what or what he's gonna do for us, we've missed it. We've missed that the essence of our relationship with God is about us loving him and him loving us. And he sits Peter down and gives him some, some fish. I like to think it was flatheads, my favorite. He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter do you love me? Three times. The third one says, Peter was grieved that he asked. Why? Well, because Jesus put his, his finger on the, on, the, on, the, on the very thing. But sometimes we just need to pass through that because it's just, just pressing something out of our heart. It's pressing something out of our soul. It's pressing that discouragement. It's pressing that disappointment out. And we might be like, oh, I heard when you went there, God but afterwards it's beautiful afterwards it's, it's real again afterwards I tell you there's going to be a flood of life into that space wow. Peter's journey it began when Jesus approached him and said Peter follow me Peter leave your life and follow me you know, often we talk about our testimony of when You know, when we began a relationship with God, we would say, I found God. My testimony is God definitely 100% found me. I wasn't really looking for him. He found me, just like he found Peter. Maybe you're here this morning and this has been all a little bit strange, a little bit new to you, but... believe that this morning God's found you. I want to create an opportunity right now across this place for for anyone who has not in their life responded to Jesus, who has not responded in the way Peter did when he was put in the question Hey leave your life and come and follow me. I want to give you an opportunity to respond here this morning to an invitation from God to begin a relationship with Him. To accept what Jesus did when He died on the cross. And He died to pay the punishment or the the debt for all of the things that we had done wrong in the eyes of God that caused us to be separated from Him. But when we accept what Jesus did, we're able to begin a relationship with God and have all those things wiped out by what Jesus did on the cross. So right across this place, just in this last moment, just for a moment of privacy, could we maybe just close our eyes, bow our heads? If you're here this morning and, and you're like, you know what? Nah, Nate, I've, I've never had a relationship with God. I don't really know what you're talking about, but I'm here and I, can just, I feel something in my heart saying, hey, this is, this is something that, that, that I want, that I need. Beginning a relationship with God is as simple as believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that what Jesus did on the cross paid the debt for all the things in your life that you've done that have separated you from God. And choosing to leave your life That life and accept the life that we now find in Christ in relationship with Him. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.